Welcome back to the Classically Current podcast with Zach and Kyle. This is the podcast that is dedicated to linking current films of today with the classic films of the past. And we did a current film recently with our first episode, which was on the Impractical Jokers, the movie. And we reviewed that film and had a blast. And this week we are reviewing the companion film, Bad Grandpa, which came out in 2013. We hope you enjoy! Okay, well, for starters, uh, the movie Bad Grandpa is directed by Jeff Tremaine, and he is actually a frequent collaborator. He's done all of the Jackass movies. He has also been doing it since the very beginning. Uh, Spike Jones is a writer as well, and is also famous for other works such as Her, uh, Where the Wild Things Are, Adaptation, and Being John Malkovich, to name a few. Um, some of his interests as an adolescent were skateboarding, freestyle biking, and photography. Yeah, and it was, it was interesting to see the, the opening credits for this movie because Spike Jones is just so more recognizable for his other previous work. And this just seemed like a movie that is, I mean, it's just surprising that he would make something like this compared to his other feature films. But it seems like, yeah, it seems like. I- Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I have to remind myself, that, like, because he kind of, I mean, like, was this kind of his, like, where he started? Was in this kind of, like, realm? Or did he kind of start off, like, actually, you know, doing some filmmaking? Like, being John Malkovich, I know that came out probably around the time, the beginning of the Jackass franchise being created. I mean, right? So, I, it, I'm not for sure on that, but... Uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see um, how diverse, I guess, of a background he has. Yeah, and one of the interesting things I saw on his bio when I was looking him up is that he was actually a pretty notorious prankster himself. And that's one of the things he did with his skateboarder friends when he was growing up. And uh, and so it kind of makes sense, I guess, that that was something that he really connected with during his childhood years and then later on made more serious films and worked with Charlie Kaufman and worked with some of the great writers that are making really good movies even to today. Um, and yeah, it's, it's impressive the work that he has done. It just seems, yeah, when you just look at the credits and you don't know who's writing it and directing it, just Spike Jones name shows up on the screen for a jackass pre- presents movie is just kind of yeah. strange. It's kind of random. It's random. But he's been but, friends with him all throughout. And yeah, dude, it sounds I like they've been in... Con- what? Well, I, I was going to say this, too. Like, uh, speaking kind of, like, on that same, like, topic of just kind of random people. Uh, you know the actress Catherine Keener, right? Oh, yes. She's from she, uh, she's Get Out, the grandma. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's the mom in Get Out. And she is the grandma the one that's like passed away or whatever. She's the one that's dressed up in that makeup. That's her. <laughs> no, like, I had I no idea. I had no that's idea. Her, she was like, the one in like, this movie. Yeah. And she was like getting dressed up. Like um, if you watch the bad grandpa point five, like the unrated, like little kind of back background behind the scenes version of the, the movie. Um, they're actually like 
like kind of doing some like you know little tidbits like with the grandma and the grandpa you know like kind of out in public and then behind the scenes and like yeah it's her i was like that is crazy to me that she wow. is like a part of it. that's surprising that, i mean she's also more famous too for 40 year old virgin as steve carell's love oh, yeah. interest but she's yeah. also in get out as the wife of uh well i guess the mother of the girlfriend that the character the black character is going to see her her family and that's who she plays uh, but wow, I, I did not know that. And then some other overview of the actual movie too, is that if people, you know, who haven't seen the movie came out in 2013, it's a, it's kind of a combination of a hidden camera prank movie and it, but it also has a narrative component and it takes place in, in uh, kind of on a, it's kind of like a road comedy that centers on this older gentleman, Irving Zisman, which is played by Johnny Knoxville. And he also helped co-write this movie. He plays an 86-year-old curmudgeon whose wife has just passed away. Like Kyle was saying, I guess Catherine Keener plays his wife in old old woman makeup. Uh, when his daughter reveals she's going to prison uh, at his wife's funeral, no less, uh, Irving is tasked with transporting his 8-year-old nephew, Billy, across the country to his biological father. And then... Of course, hilarity ensues as these events transpire yeah. throughout the movie, but it actually has a plot, you know, and in the other Jackass presents movie or the Jackass standalone movies, there's really just a lot of pranks. And so that's what is interesting about this movie. And, you know, when it came out in 2013, actually made a decent amount of money compared to its budget. Um, it made a total of 151 over 151 million dollars Rotten Tomatoes scored it favorably at 61% which is right at the fresh meter on that and then the fans a 60% rating on that Metacritic 54 so overall not not really that bad for uh, for this type of movie um, and no, it's, no. it's really there's really not many movies of this kind I, you don't I I don't even I can't even think of any others that are quite like well, honestly, this one aside from this most recent Impractical Jokers movie, which tries something similar but does not <laughs> does not hit the mark in my in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, um, the budget with this for this movie fifteen million dollars and it made over one hundred fifty one million worldwide and. The general rule of thumb for a successful movie, at least in the box office, if it gets at least two and a half times its production value, and that you know it definitely you know it had a, multi a very good outing, um, you know, fifteen million dollars and earned one hundred fifty one. That's that's really impressive. Um, it, it just speaks to the fans of the Jackass franchise and the Jackass show that a lot of people turned out for this movie. Um, and with that, Kyle, give us a little more fun facts of this movie and a little bit of behind the scenes, because you said you watched a little bit of the behind the scenes before coming on today. Yeah, actually, um, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I was watching just, uh, you know, like kind of how much time would be spent, like with the makeup and stuff. Um, and you kind of see the progression of the makeup on Steve Zisman. And just how much it improves with each uh, jackass that comes out. 
And so it is actually, it's actually pretty impressive makeup because they're actually using like um, each piece is like its own piece. Like it's all set up differently. Like the first time it's like kind of this mask, but like when it comes around to the bad grandpa makeup, like the neck is its own piece. You've got the cheeks are its own piece. And so it actually, um, I don't know. I, it actually just works on the face a lot better with the, facial movements and stuff so i think it actually surprisingly i didn't know this but it did get an academy award nomination <laughs> for makeup that's right and a I jackass was, movie I got an academy award that. nomination that's amazing but it, I, like i was looking at it it's actually pretty like realistic looking makeup um well yeah and, and they also, said that it, you, yeah they said it took three hours to make steve's or yeah oh yeah Zisman. yeah Irving yeah, Zisman. So Johnny Knoxville would have to sit in makeup for three hours before, which, I mean, that takes some dedication right there. You know, like that's, I think that's the difference, you know, with a, a movie like this, and then you get a movie like the Impractical Jokers movie, where they literally spend five minutes getting like dressed up and then going out and just doing it. Like they didn't spend any time on that. Like they didn't, they didn't have to put that much effort into it. I feel like with this, they had to put a lot more effort. Like, Johnny Knoxville had to, like, spend all that time. He has to go and play this character. Oh, yeah. To give you a... Every day. Yeah, to give you, like, a comparison. Yes, Johnny Knoxville, three hours of makeup. And then Q, at the beginning, is supposed to be a teenager, has a full beard. and has... <laughs> <laughs> not change his hair so at all. He hasn't even shaved. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't even, even have even him clean bothered. shaven for his high school debut in that movie. Which I, I get it. It's part of the joke, but it's, I don't know. It's just kind of like I don't know. It just wasn't that great of a joke to me. I, I mean, well, if that's if that's what it's like, what your whole movie is going to be predicated on, then it's it's. It's just showing that you guys put really no effort into this. Yeah, and they put very, I mean, they put effort into making Murr have hair, but then they didn't take the hair off of Q's face. So, exactly. yeah, so that's an interesting comparison there that I just was thinking about because, yeah, th yeah. they did, it's just going through even just the overview and just talking about it before we really get into what we really liked compared to the Impractical Jokers movie is just... You know, you can just tell there was a lot more planning involved. There was more talent involved. You have Spike Jones, which is an M I think he even won an Academy Award, or at least it got nominated for her. And he, I mean, you got yeah. some talented people working on this. So, and you, you really do like uh, kind of under the radar. Um, I mean, even even with some of the shots, like there's some good shots, like in this movie. Like even though it's, you know, kind of same similar type shooting as like the jackass movies um there's a helicopter shot and a couple a couple scenes oh yeah um so i mean especially like when they're kind of just in the midwest like kind of driving and you know you just kind of get these fields and with this helicopter shot i mean it's like there there was some effort put into it more than more than uh, probably what they would care to admit to but I definitely think it didn't go without any effort. Definitely. And uh, now uh, that we kind of touched on a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff and the overview, we'll just kind of get into our general thoughts of the movie and which – because we're really 
the goal of this show too is just to kind of compare some of the older classic movies. I guess classic in this case is used liberally here. I mean, generally, generally people consider classics to be movies that are maybe at least 25 years old and they have a lot more. I guess we'll kind of have to wait over time to see how this like ages, but I've always liked this movie. Like I, I actually found that they intertwined both character, uh, like a plot and also having like that reality prank type show. I thought they intertwined those and like kind of melded those like pretty well together. Um, definitely more so than the impractical jokers movie that just came out. Um, where I just felt like it kind of works because I mean, it's a basic movie plot. Yeah. Like they're just kind of traveling across the country where he's going to send his son off or his grandson off to uh, a deadbeat dad and all that. Uh, but it's kind of going through their adventures in the process. Um, and so we kind of get to see just like kind of how wild uh, Johnny Knoxville's character can get. Yeah. And even with a, and how irresponsible he is with a, um, a little, like a little kid. But at the same time, you kind of, uh, you kind of admire the relationship that they have. Like, like he's a good grandfather overall. Like he looks after him. <laughs> For the most part, part, I mean, you could, you kind (laughs) of use the good grandpa term loosely, I guess. I mean, he's Uh, not the best influence, but the movie movie really would not work without that dynamic, though, uh, because you do kind of get somewhat of a, I mean, it's not going to make you cry, I don't feel like it, or get super emotional, but you do get the feeling that these two belong together and that Irving Zisman really does feel for his grandson, even though he's, you know, to call him a pain in his butt the entire time, basically when they're driving all the way down there. <laughs> um, and so you, it is touching in, in some moments and it surprises you a little bit, I, I think. Uh, and yeah. so, well, I, I actually felt, did, didn't you feel like there was just like a couple moments in the movie that they kind of like, threw in there where it was kind of like genuine like laughter or like like genuine moments that were actually pretty authentic yeah yeah like, for sure like what they were almost breaking character a little bit like i think of like um like the hotel like when they're staying in that hotel and like they're both going to sleep and uh, the kid like lets a huge fart <laughs> and <laughs> and you like hear steve just kind of like start cracking up and like that sounds like Johnny Knoxville is just like literally cracking up at this kid, like saying he just did it. Yeah. And so, yeah. It just seemed like there were moments like that that made you kind of appreciate it. Yes. There was definitely a lot of that missing from the Impractical Jokers movie where you just did not have a connection with the storyline and you just, there was really no (laughs) point to it in the end. You get Sal freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, you just get Sal freaking out out of like nowhere, like with like a trident or something. <laughs> like he's gonna like start killing people if they don't finish what they set up. Oh my do. word! Like, I what? completely forgot about that, but that was so bizarre. <laughs> yes, so bizarre. Uh, um, you had some issues with this movie, though, Zach. Uh, Do you want to touch on a couple of low points that you uh, kind of? Well, in our second, yeah, since we're kind of doing who did it better, I think this movie overall did it. Uh, much better than the Impractical Jokers. They use the hidden camera element better. They 
had more of a storyline. They all the things that we had just talked about. Um, there was a lot more talent involved with this one that actually had some decent character moments in this one. Um, and overall, the pluses outweighed the minuses for for me for this movie. I a lot of the pluses I have. Uh, or the funeral scene at the beginning. I think that's just so cringeworthy in a good way. Because uh, I, I had watched it originally in 2013 and watched it again before we did this. And it just, it's still as cringeworthy as it was back then, but really enjoyable to, comedy because you have the, uh, you know, have all of them in the church. I don't know how they, I mean, this just must be a funeral home and they just got volunteers to come and, and comfort these, these people because they didn't have any family members. And so these people, and then what really makes these hidden camera shows work are the people themselves. It's not always the performers. It's the people that are reacting to the strange things that are happening. And, and they really yeah. got to capture some, they really captured a lot of good moments with the, uh, with the with the regular people in this movie, um, I like the um, the <laughs> obviously the famous strip club that he goes to Irving Sisman <laughs> goes to with a lot of uh, oh man, there's just a lot of fun moments in that and and just listening to some of the or reading some of the behind the scenes stuff <laughs> with that. Apparently, Johnny Knoxville was going in. And, you know, obviously they had an in with one of the strippers in the actual strip club. And so he was, you know, warming up and kind of talking with all the people, kind of getting involved in conversation with all the people in the strip club. But he was also drinking and drinking. He just kept on kind of drinking throughout the night. And so his behavior became more and more bizarre to the point where part of his scrotum ends up coming out of his, out of his shorts, oh, yeah. obviously. And so that was like a highly, a very, uh, <laughs> very stretchy. And, the, type looking and so things really are as bizarre as they looked in the movie and that, particular scene that is just because he was drunk out of his hey, mind even, when that happened is what they had said uh but but even that's impressive isn't it like the makeup of the scrotum <laughs> itself <laughs> like they made it like some like a hairy like really saggy looking <laughs> scrotum like <laughs> like they still probably spent some time on that scrotum. even that had just so much more they sure i mean that good. was a pretty Good portrayal, I would say. I mean, it's it. Well, do you remember what was the, what was the beginning scene like where he's like trying to get like something? Oh, out of that's right. He had the prosthetic penis, <laughs> of course. Oh my goodness! It just how it like the how that's how the movie starts off is like he gets his wiener trapped in like the the vending machine somehow. Why why was it there in the first place? <laughs> that was one of the that. things that I but, was uh, going to get into was some of the negatives was at the <laughs> beginning of the movie, there's just really no setup or major dialogue to set anything up, which sometimes can be okay, but you just are, you just start the film out with him trying to get his penis out of the vending machine. And you're just like, what am I watching? And then <laughs> it really doesn't start 
going and the really does the movie really doesn't start until the funeral scene i think and then when you know he's talking with his daughter and she says she can't take her son anymore and he ends up taking his son and then his uh dead wife to on the road trip to meet to go find his dad his deadbeat dad um so those are yeah. some of the negatives at the beginning, just no setup. And then there's a, several moments where he gets kind of dirty as a just a dirty grandpa. The dirty grandpa routine just kind of bothered me after a while. I, you know, it, they just kept – it was just a low-hanging fruit, I felt like. And they just kept going back to it uh, several times, and it just kind of got tiresome after a while for me. So that was one of the downsides. Um but uh, like we talked about before, they had some touching moments, and the biker prank at the end was was, was a good moment. I heard that the uh, the guy who plays the deadbeat dad was in that biker bar, which was uh, do you remember the name of the group? It was the ch- children. Uh, um, I can't remember what it was. I thought it was something like with wings. Uh, yeah, but they ha- it was basically like a biker gang that was a protector of children, or at least that's a feeling you get. And then he was uh, he was priming yeah. the people by talking negatively and kind of being obnoxious beforehand. So they already had a bone to pick with him. But then when the kid comes in and he's like really ignoring him and not wanting him to be around him at that bar, it was just... I mean, those those biker people were ready to tear him apart at the end. And... Oh yeah, well, um, that was I. I think that uh, was a little bit of an issue I had. Like, if there was a low point I have with this movie, it could be that just because, um, like, the whole movie is based on like Johnny Knoxville's character. He already knows that this guy's a deadbeat, but he spends a like what three two three day trip to like drive his grandson there to be with the deadbeat dad and only for like after a few minutes decide okay you know this guy's a loser and i don't want him to be around him i guess maybe part of it's built on you know their relationship during the trip and like that i guess but i i I guess i question the motivation a little bit like you already you already knew this guy was a deadbeat like now you're deciding that you you're gonna take him away from his his uh son and and uh you know now you're gonna stand up for him like why didn't you stand up for your grandson before i don't know yeah i mean they have i think they yeah just i think i would agree with you somewhat there because you know they have him drop off the son and then irving zisman leaves on his in his car and then he realizes how much he on that short period of time, how much he really enjoys his grandson. Then he comes back. So it's almost like yeah. it, it didn't always, I mean, it, it did what it needed to do, I guess. Like, I, get I get what it. they were I trying to do, some... but it didn't go as smooth as smoothly as you would like it to in in the end. Uh, but yeah. it's not, it wasn't terrible. Maybe, by maybe means, it's but... the of his wife. Maybe it's the fact of his wife dying too, that like he was going to be, even more lonely it made would have made him want to you know kind of get his grandson back too but yeah i don't know i mean i guess i guess it works on some level for me but um i still like found myself kind of questioning like come on you already knew like he was a deadbeat like why 
why are we all concerned now? I, I guess. Yeah, and then of course the but, the real. Um, uh, what did you think of the ending, the very very end with the pageant? <laughs> like with the, well, I, you know, I thought like that had a pretty epic finish to it. Now, was it necessary? Probably not. It didn't really serve uh, any purpose to the movie other than like, hey, I got one more thing I want to do. But that's something the Impractical Jokers movie never did. And I was hoping that they would try something like that to redeem themselves at the end, which they didn't do. Well, yeah, like (laughs) with the Impractical Jokers movie, like I was talking about in the Impractical Jokers review, there is a scene of one of the jokers that gets punished and uh it it's after the whole paula abdul fiasco that takes place but it is yeah like that's the punishment and it would normally be built up to that moment and it would be funny because that particular joker is terrified of heights and terrified to the point like he had a skydiving punishment in the past and yeah it was it was kind of tough to watch because he, he was like crying and he wouldn't go on the plane during that particular punishment and then this one there's no build up to that you just see him the joker ends up flying in this plane but he's outside of the plane on one of the wings on some kind of uh, i mean he's strapped in obviously they're not gonna just keep him there dangling but uh, that particular joker is terrified of heights and and so it just seemed like something they they just shot at the very end and thought they could just put in and make and people just make sense out of it. But it didn't end up being funny at all. It was just like something that you would use when it you're rolling the credits, they, and it was. Yeah, exactly. That's what they had. They had the credits rolling like, like as it's happening, and it's like very brief. Yeah, very brief, I, I and they know. didn't have like any behind I the guess... scenes stuff like in this uh, Bad Grandpa movie. You do get to see behind the scenes stuff right at the very end. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you also were talking about kind of uh, the beginning part and how uh, I guess it didn't really open up with like the plot, I guess. Um, I guess that's another thing you could pick about this movie is maybe there are some unnecessary parts like him going to that vending machine. Like, it probably didn't even need to be the beginning. It could have just started with them at the funeral mm. home or whatever. Um, but, you know, even then, I I still, like, found those parts, like, enjoyable. Like, I, like they were funny to me. I and mean, it was entertaining to watch. And it's like, I, I know what I'm getting, like, with a movie like this. It's, it's the sum of its parts. It's not, it's not attempting to be something that's, you know, really, uh, you know, this creative like cinematic yeah it's you know it's strictly entertainment value and and i thought they delivered on that for the most part yeah and uh i liked what you said about uh, not trying to do too much and kind of like the one the even the i guess you could call them segments or the bits that they do that don't always connect to the main storyline they still are fairly enjoyable and then in comparison with the impractical jokers movie you did not find that you would find bits that they would do that just you were just like racking your brain trying to figure out why would you want to why would you do this in a movie it's like something somebody would 
it just seemed like in practical jokers movie it's just like, five it's just like maybe the jokers were out and about and they actually just had one of the jokers hold the camera while some of them just were spitballing ideas off the top of their head that's yeah. what, kind of what it was and they just not enough of those bits that weren't connecting to the that main storyline worked as much as this did these were actually fairly entertaining and and honestly well like like i t- take for example like what was the purpose of them on that boat like with the the nude guy that they just like find out in the middle of the sea like whether they're gonna let him on or not on the boat i'm like that that had no point to the to the movie storyline and it it wasn't all that funny to me like i don't know they were just over the top i felt like with their characterizations and just like with the whole setup of of the joke it just wasn't that funny to me like and and i feel like with the jackass movie or i mean bad grandpa sorry uh with bad grandpa you get those unsuspecting people and their responses are just a lot better and more genuine i felt like than with uh any of the impractical jokers um you know people that were the unsuspected right and if anybody uh wants to find this movie or hasn't found or has never even heard this movie before i I believe it is i mean it's available to stream obviously uh is it still on netflix i know netflix is always changing up uh no yeah the only thing that is on netflix right now is the background for point five so if you want to watch that kind of the behind the scenes stuff i mean i recommend watching the movie first obviously um but there is some good uh kind of behind the scenes uh kind of like what they do with the jackass uh there's some good stuff on there afterwards and it looks like uh you can find bad grandpa to rent for three dollars on Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, Amazon Prime, basically any type of rental streaming service. Uh, but uh, as Kyle said, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that you can find on Netflix currently. We've been. Uh, we have to apologize, Zach. We've been calling him Steve to this minute. I I know. I've been kind of saying Steve. <laughs> is it, Steve just felt right, know. you know. Where, Steve where just Steve? feels right, but it's really where's Irving. And I mean, Irving. really, who cares what his name is? It's Johnny Knoxville. Everybody knows that. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I guess if you're not familiar with Johnny Knoxville and you're just coming across this movie, just as a it's like if you stumbled into a movie theater, you were watching this. I feel like some people would be tricked by it. That's how good his makeup is. I mean, that's how good of a character he, yeah, he I plays. Agree. Like, yeah, they were showing like before and after photos, um, like close-ups of his face. I'm like, this is actually quite believable. And I mean, imagine, you know, if, how how good it would be now, like seven years later. I mean, I'm sure it's improved. Um, yeah, but one thing was kind of odd to me was how more of the audience score, like the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes was higher for the Impractical Jokers movie than yeah. this movie. I don't get it. I don't understand that. How? Yeah, I don't understand that either. I don't know. I know the fan rating system Maybe is a little bit different now than it probably was back then. But still... Um, I mean, it's just that it is one of the surprising I mean, things. It's only and, if, and since we do our, you know, buy it, stream it, skip it on this channel, we usually do that for the new movies. And if 
we recommend the movie on this uh, classic movie. We will just kind of say whether or not to watch it or not. And I feel like uh, this movie, if and if this movie is rated R, there are some raunchy bits as we've kind of talked about. And you should look at, I mean, if you're not used to the Jackass performers and don't even know what Jackass is, you can look them up and see if that's some, if these pranks and, you know, because they, they have a lot of experience with hidden camera prank show. Uh, and so if you're into, into that kind of stuff or, or kind of know what you're getting into with some of those movies, then yeah, I would say you got to check it, this out because it, it, it is really, it's a, a hybrid of its kind. And I would say definitely stream it. I don't think you need to buy this necessarily. I, w I mean, I wouldn't watch this multiple, multiple times. For me, buy it is something I have to absolutely love <laughs> to put my money into to really, to really own it. But I'd say give it a look if you like the previous Jackass uh, movies in the past. And in fact, they actually are making a Jackass Four coming out next year. Of course, with the coronavirus hitting right now. I don't know if that's going to be delayed or not, but I think next year is going to be a baller year for movies because a lot of things have been delayed. I hope. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm going to say uh, buy it because I actually <laughs> have bought it and I have it. So uh, I've always liked it. I've, I find it entertaining. Uh, I actually watched this with my dad a couple of years back and I uh, like during the whole uh, scene with uh, the where he's dressed up as the uh, little oh, oh uh, the at uh, the beauty pageant at the end like I never heard of I've never heard my dad laugh <laughs> that hard and he thought it was real, so uh, <laughs> like I I would recommend it I mean obviously it's rated R and it's got some crude humor um, but if uh, you know, you're okay with a little bit of crude humor from time to time. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And overall, a much better film, I think, than Impractical Jokers. I think it works a lot more than what the Impractical Jokers was trying to do, yeah. as we've kind of talked about already. Uh, next week, we are going to review a movie called The Way Back, which is a movie that came out earlier this year with Ben Affleck starring. It is a basketball drama. Uh, it's rated R, and it uh, is focusing on a uh, b basketball coach's road to redemption, and we'll we'll get into that on the next podcast. Looking forward to it. So stay classy and stay current. Thanks so much for joining us this week on Classically Current. And if you like this, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you will never miss a show. And if you found value in our show, we'd love it if you give us a review so we can continue to grow and reach more enthusiastic movie fans in the future. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Thanks again for joining us. Stay classy. And stay current. Stay current.